you Yeah, yo There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here by that I'm behind you But always got you, end the discussion, nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a part take Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still, I know, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, hopping down, cause feeling's not an option and dad is not a noun, not at all. This is Ishmael from Dad is a Noun. Dad is not a noun. It's a social media platform dedicated to changing the narrative for men of color and fatherhood. And before we can change the narrative, we need to educate ourselves through learning our true stories throughout history. Our story didn't start from slavery, so I reached out to my cousin Jane Elliott for some truth and wisdom. Hope you guys enjoy. All right. All right. All right. Again, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Uh, Miss Elliot, I appreciate it. You know, you're an educator. Um, you've been educating all your life, and I truly I value I value this time talking to you today. Um, what made you want to become a teacher? I didn't want to become a teacher. I wanted to be a nurse. Okay. And I had enrolled in the School of Nursing in Des Moines, Iowa, and my father said to me, if you're going to be a nurse, you'll have to pay for it yourself. If you're going to be a teacher, I'll help you go to college. So I dropped my idea of becoming a nurse and became a teacher because I respected everything my father said. He was the most moral man I have ever known. If he thought that was what I should do, that was what I should do. So that's what I did. He also said to my siblings and I, make a, make a decision. You can either make a difference or you can make a dollar. Now decide what you're going to do. My brothers became, one became a dairy plant operator. The other two became civil engineers. My two sisters and I became teachers. They made dollars, we made a difference, huge difference. And then, you know, with the assassination of Dr. King, that kind of changed, like, like, because initially you had a, a exercise that you wanted to do for your students. And then when you heard the assassination of Dr. King, that kind of changed it. So can you talk about that process of um, creating that exercise for your students after you heard about the death of uh, Dr. King? The reason, I don't like to talk about the day I learned about the killing of Dr. Yep. Martin Luther King Jr. because it makes me sick to my stomach every time I think about it because we, we killed a man who represented hope and hope for all of us, not just for black people. And for me, hope is an acronym for holding on to positive energy. And that's what he told us to do. And he had been one of our heroes of the month in February and dead in April. And I, would, I was going to have to go into my classroom the next day and explain that killing to my third grade students in all white, all Christian Riceville, Iowa. I didn't know how to explain it to them, but I knew after I watched the television and the people who were interviewing black leaders um, a night after Martin Luther King Jr. was killed, I knew that I had no choice but to try to make a difference. And I knew that one of the ways, our, our lesson plan for that day was to learn the Sioux Indian prayer that says, Oh, great spirit, keep me from ever judging a man until I've walked a mile in his moccasins. I decided after watching those intelligent 
interviewers that not only was I going to teach my students that prayer, I was going to arrange to have it answered for them. I decided that I would do what we do in this country on a, on a daily basis. I would split my class according to the color of their eyes. Eye color is caused by the same chemical in the body that skin color is, melanin. And I was going to treat the people who had the wrong color eyes as if, as the, the way we treat blacks in this country, let's be, let's be honest about it. That's what I was going to do. I was going to treat those who had the right color eyes the way we treat white people in this country. I didn't know how this would work. If I had known how it would work, I probably wouldn't have done it. If I had known that my student, my own children, my four children who went to school in that system were going to be spit on, their belongings were going to be destroyed, they were going to be verbally and physically abused by their peers, by their teachers, and by the, some of the parents of their peers. And if I had known that my father would lose his business because of that exercise, I wouldn't have done the exercise. I wouldn't have done that to my children, my husband, and my father. But I didn't know. And so, out of ignorance, I went into my classroom the next day. I split my class according to the color of their eyes. And I immediately found out how it feels to be treated unfairly on the basis of a physical characteristic over which you have no control. Wow. And... As you know, you've been a, a, a fighter for justice all your life, and you see the, 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 the no, 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 wait a minute. I haven't been a pioneer for justice. Be careful about this. Yes, yeah. Uh, Davis don't do a whole lot for me. Let's tell the truth. I was an ignorant, white, small town, rural school, school teacher with very little education, and where people of color were concerned, very little knowledge. But we had lived in Waterloo, Iowa for eight years, at least eight years. My husband ran a supermarket in the north end of the town, which was the black section. All his, practically all his customers and his friends were black. We learned, a whole, I learned a whole lot about black people that told me I had been lied to for 14 years of education. I didn't realize that until I was around people who were different from myself. Because as long as you stay in these little towns, teeny tiny little towns, which are mostly white, you will not grow up. You'll grow older. And people say to me, did you grow up in Riceville? No, I grew older in Riceville. I grew up after I left there. But, but what I do is not, not something anybody should be proud of. Because if I am proud of separating my students according to the color of their eyes, it's, that's natural because we white folks are proud of separating people according to the amount of melanin in their skin. Right. I replicated what goes on in this society for a day in my classroom, but I blamed it on skin eye color instead of skin color. And I know how to do it because I'm a white female. I know how the system works. I didn't know until I did it, but I know now. What was your question? I interrupted you. No, no, that's not. And the beauty of it is that, that people are willing to change when they're educated, when they learn the facts and the-, the But, the, but the, wait a minute, wait a minute, once again, wait a minute. Educators don't know the facts. Right. They were taught the same so-called facts that I was. They were yeah. taught and educates, educated. They weren't educated. They were indoctrinated to believe the lie of race, to believe that there's more than one race of people on the face of the earth. There isn't. There's only one. It's the human race. And we are all descendants of those first black human beings that evolved in sub-Saharan Africa between 300,000 and 500,000 years ago. We don't teach that in the schools. And if you know, the first year I was in college, I took a social studies education class. <laughs> and the professor stood up in front of this group of young women and said, 
When you get in the classroom, you must not teach in opposition to the local mores. That's M-O-R-E, not M-O-R-A-Y. The local mores. You must not teach in opposition to the local mores. The people who are paying your wages through their taxes have the right to have their children learn what they want them to learn. Now that professor didn't know anything. He shouldn't have said that to anyone. He should have said, there's, a, there's truth and there's fiction. Teach the truth. Educate these kids with the truth. Don't tell them the fiction of several different races. People in that community may believe that, but they don't know the reality of the world. They do not know that color is simply adaptation to the natural environment. It has nothing to do with intelligence or with your worth as a human being. That's what he should have told those young educators to be, but he didn't because they were going to be teachers. Teachers, teachers train children and dispense facts and figures to get them ready for the end of year test. Educators lead people out of ignorance. He was training us. He should have, he was being a teacher. He should, be, he should have been an educator and led us out of the ignorance of don't go against the local mores. Nonsense. If you're teaching in a racist community, you better teach against racism or you aren't educating. And that's key. That's a key to the point. Um, how you lead that to law enforcement. How does that play a role in law enforcement as well? They are taught, they are educated. No, they're taught in the same way that the rest of us are. They are taught by people who don't know the truth. They are taught by people who learned what they learned. If we don't change the education of people in this country, we'll, we will not change the situation. But, well, and I know that we can change policemen because a woman that I trained to do the blue-eyed, brown-eyed exercise in Netherlands has been doing it for several years with police departments in several areas in Europe because they're having such good success with it, with, with us, with the uh, policemen's in Netherlands that she's going all over the place teaching people how to do the blue-eyed, brown-eyed exercise. Now, I don't think every teacher should use the blue-eyed, brown-eyed exercise. We're already using the skin color exercise. If teachers who are racist are allowed to treat people unfairly who have brown eyes, most people of color have brown eyes. Right. So they're going to be, that's good. They're going to be double indemnity and you're going to teach, you're going to justify racist teachers abusing children of color. They already do it. Don't give them another weapon. So what did you I answer think? your question? Yes, it did, ma'am. I, I love it. Thank you. But my, my other question is, how do you reform an education that's kind of ingrained into our society of program people to think this way? How do you, like, change it uh, within the system? Or do you know of any ideas? Well, I left the system. I left the system because I was invited after, and I did the exercise in 1968. In 1985, I believe it was, the PBS, maybe PBS, did a film and interviewed my previous students who had been through that exercise. That film went viral right now. And so a black woman called me and asked me if I would do the exercise with, a, with employees of a major corporation in the Western part of the United States. So in 1985, I left the classroom and went into teaching so-called adults using the blue-eyed, brown-eyed exercise. I haven't changed education because educators are firmly convinced that you must not do anything that might traumatize your children, your students, unless they are black. Right. And then it's all right to traumatize them because they won't know any better. And because we don't value black people in this country, 
because we have been, you can only teach what you know, what you've learned, what you've been taught. And what we have been taught at every level in education is the myth of race. We need to get over it. So I haven't changed education. I haven't changed educators. I have changed, but I can't change anyone. People who watch the films that have been made in my classroom or who watch interviews that I've done or whatever, they can decide to change or not to change. Right. It's not up to me to change anyone. It's up to individuals to change their behaviors. And if they would go to my website, jane at janeelliot.com, they will find some printed learning materials that will help them to recognize how ridiculous some of the things they say are. For instance, I, was, I suspect that sometimes somebody has said to you, when I see you, I don't see you black. Has that ever happened to you? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, what did you say to them? I, I kind of, kind of shocked. I don't know. I was kind of like. But you didn't express shock and you didn't express condemnation and you didn't criticize them for it because you wanted to get, get along with them. You have to go right. along to get along when you're around ignorant pale faces. And that's what we are. So there's a list of statements that we, we pale faces make on a regular basis. And people need to read through that list of statements, check those that they have said, and then go to the next page and read the clarifications of those statements and find out how they are received by the people who are on the, on the end of them. Then they need to go to the third page, which is a set of commitments to combat racism. 15 things that you can do in your own environment to deal with your own problem. Now someone, if someone is watching this <laughs> this long, will say, that's a societal problem. Racism is a societal problem. Societies are made up of individuals. Yes. If we can change one individual to make that one person less racist or less, believe, less believing where racism is concerned, where race is concerned, we can change the world. You can change the world one person at a time. And anybody who says, well, one person can't make a difference, need to look at this country since the selection of Donosaurus T. Rump. And you'll realize that one person can make a difference and one person does make a difference. And they are making, one single people are making difference all day, every day. So what do you, what, what do you say to the, the young protesters out there that's out there marching? What, what I say keep on marching and don't be violent and don't let the people who are infiltrating your, black, your ranks and acting in violent ways do not follow their example. But keep on marching because if you've ever read anything written by Frederick Douglass, you'll know that power will not change without a demand. We will keep on doing what we're doing until masses of people come out and say, no more, we've had enough no more and that's what's happening right now now if the people those pale faces who are out there marching and those pale faces who are now saying that's the thing to do will will continue to believe that and to act as if they do believe it in the future we can we can turn this thing around it is not inevitable that you ruin your democracy because of racism we don't have to do that we can be educated to believe in the truth which is there's only one race of people on the face of the earth, and that's the human race. And the only reason for these differences in skin color and length of your bones and the color of your eyes and the shape of your nose is adaptation to the natural environment. It has nothing to do with being God's chosen children. Get over it. 
But first we have to realize that God is not an old white man with a long gray beard that looks like Charlton Heston playing, playing Moses. God is a spirit and has neither gender nor color. And if God made man in God's own image, and that we interpret that wrong, that means God imagined a man in his imagination. But people think that God made man to look like him. Well, if that's true, then God must certainly be a black man. Because the first man, according to the Bible, that God made was made out of dirt in the Garden of Eden. And dirt in the Garden of Eden was made out of rotted vegetation, rotted palm fronds. So obviously the first man that God made was black. The first woman, according to the Bible, was made out of Adam's rib. All rib tissue is white because it's made out of calcium. However, this was a black man's rib that women were made out of. So that, again, supports the idea that there's only <laughs> <laughs> does this make sense to you it does I'm, I'm, it, it makes a lot of sense to me and unfortunately well, see, if, we, if we don't if every person if every person on the face of the earth would trace their dna back as far as they, they could go they would find that there is a percentage of their dna that came from a country in africa because we all came from the same place originally and those brilliant black people had the skill the intelligence, the courage, and the curiosity, and the talent to populate, tra travel from the, the area of the equator and travel and populate every landmass on the face of the earth. Every landmass on the face of the earth was populated by somebody who came originally, whose ancestors came from a country in Africa. Now, if enough people hear this often enough, we could change the situation in this country. Every one of us, I am, you, you and I are 30th to 40th cousins. Yes. I am a 30th to 40th cousin of every human being on the face of the earth. And I get really nasty with my pale-faced cousins who abuse my cousins of darker, dark, darker skin because of my pale-faced cousin's ignorance about skin color. It's, a, it's the cause and effect of skin color. They've got, you've got to know that your skin color is the result of adaptation to the natural environment it has nothing to do with your intelligence or with your worth as a human being. And when I have to fill in a form, if I'm applying for something, which I don't do very often, and it says race, I put human. Right. And where it, puts, where it says sex, I put yeah. Because yeah, my favorite thing is when, when I hear people say, I don't see race. I don't care if you're like blue, brown, orange. <laughs> that kind of frustrates me. Okay, and, and that's another teacher stand up in front of students and say, when I see people, I don't see black or brown people, like black or brown or red or yellow. I just see people as people. And pretty soon, these smart young males are going to raise their hand and say, you forgot to put white in there. Do you see white? <laughs> We're going to have to raise children that will confront racist remarks made by their so-called educators. And they need, need to teach, train, they need to change our teachers into educators. And kids can do that. Yeah. Kids who have been taught at home, kids whose parents have used uh, Joy Hakim's A History of Us Encyclopedia. There's 10, 10 little books in that series. And it's a whole history of the people in this, on, this, on the face of the earth in this country. It's absolutely beautiful. There is so much information in those books that if parents would buy copies of it and keep it in their home and say, turn off that television, because I don't, do not want to raise a child who is screen addicted. And many of our kids are screen addicted when they come to school. And then we hand them, a, we put them in front of a computer. 
so that we increase the screen addiction so they never know that they can learn a lot more in a book than they learn off that screen. We need to, you need to get Joy Hakim's A History of Us for your children, if you have children. Everybody needs to get that and read it to and with their children. They will learn so much. The parents will learn so much by using that material that they will be glad they got it. Thank you again. But, but wait a minute. There's one thing you have to remember about this conversation. There's only one race of people on the face of the earth, and that's the human race. All these other groups are color groups. They are not race groups, racial groups. And when you hear commentators say there were many, there are a number of racial groups in this in this project in this uh, protest, there are not a number of racial groups. There are a number of groups. There are groups of color, but they are not different races. There's only one race, and you and I are members of that race. Got it? Yes, ma'am. We're the human race. We're a part of the human race. We're in, we're that, and don't call me ma'am. I'm old enough without you calling me ma'am. Go on. <laughs> can I call you Auntie Jane? <laughs> <laughs> you can call me Cousin Jane. I'll be perfectly happy right. to be your cousin. And that's the truth. I am. I'm your cousin. You're perfectly, I'm perfectly happy to have you call me Cousin Jane. Cousin Jane. But most people you. just call me the B word. No, you're Cousin Jane. I love you, Cousin Jane. All right. Thank you. And the, and the feeling is mutual. Make no doubt about that. <laughs> All right. Thank you again. You have a good day. All for you, yeah, yo. There would never it matters, and even more when you feel like it doesn't. Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't. No, I'm right alongside you. He but that I'm behind you, but always got you. End of discussion. Nothing means more. First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for. Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours, and know that I ain't see a better view yet. I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded, prepare you For all of the above that I'm never letting get near you But still in all, give you every advantage I found Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown And since the baton was passed, I've been down Cause failing's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all my message to any dad, man, first off, know that, yeah, it, it is a hard job, but it's the greatest job in the world. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wouldn't change anything about it. Everything you're doing from here on out, if it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Just be a dad.